0: For everything Indy. For everything, everything Colts. It's the Blue Horseshoe now. now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. As always, make sure you're liking, downloading, and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe pod wherever you get your podcasts. So, George, the Colts win in Jeff Saturday's debut 25-20 over the Raiders. And boy, oh boy, I think for the first time this year, George... There's only one way to celebrate. It's time to show you. Run the <laughs> damn ball is back, George. For most listeners, I guess, or, or most people that are listening can't sing. Run the damn ball hat, George, is back. That's what the Colts did on Sunday. 207 yards as a team rushing. Two rushing touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor looked like 2021. Jonathan Taylor, that 66-yard touchdown. This team, for the first time in, in what feel like a year, Really, because towards the tail end of this last season, too, it's when the Colts' run game really fell off the last two games against the Raiders and, and the Jaguars. This offensive line was getting a push. And, George, they ran for 6.9 yards per carry. Who is this team? Who is this rushing attack? And who is this offensive line that somehow took over the, the five starters' bodies here this weekend in Las Vegas?
1: I'll tell you the incredible thing about that, too, is the one thing the Raiders did well on defense coming in here was stop the run. They were, I think, four point two coming in. They were like seventh in the league against the run uh, average per carry. And the Colts went out there and it did. It, it looked like twenty twenty one. I guess we declared the, the run the damn ball era dead a little too soon uh, after that so. win against Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, you know, it's back. Uh, And and that's what they need. I mean, that's what they've been waiting all year for, honestly, is is a performance like this from that running game. I think probably the most beautiful sight for most Colts fans was Jonathan Taylor in the open field on that 66-yard run. It felt like you hadn't seen that since, I think, Christmas Day uh, when he did it against Arizona in the first quarter. Um, Yeah. You know, it's been such a long time. Uh, it was their first 200-yard rushing game since December 18th of last year, so that's almost a calendar year, just a month short of that, a month and a week, right, short of that. Um, it, it's incredible to to see them come alive like that. I go back to what you said, though, at the end of the last segment. The the question now is, you know, how can you carry this forward? And if you go back to their last win, They 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 scored 34 on Jacksonville, and they had that no-huddle offense, and you thought maybe they've unlocked something and the next week, it gets shut down, and they go on a three-game losing streak, and this chaos develops. <laughs> uh, you know, so you got a You got a big challenge as we talked about coming up next week uh, with the Eagles. Let's see. You know, is this run game for real? Because of all the things they did today, that's the most legitimate in my mind. Because the Raiders have done well against that part of the game all year long. So, the Colts come in here and really run the ball down their throat. That was the most unexpected element of this game today for me.
0: And two, again, it's so tough, especially in, in this specific postgame pod, because Jeff Satter is so new, and it's like it's really hard to kind of tell what he's actually, you know, tangibly changing compared to just, you know, again, you know, just the Colts playing inspired and you're playing a bad team. So we'll see over the next few weeks, like you said, really, if he's able to actually have his fingerprints on the offense and defense and, and where specifically if we see any changes or improvements. But the one thing I think we were talking about all week was if nothing else, right? if Jeff Saturday doesn't win a game, which obviously that's not going to happen, he's going to win at least one in, in his Colts tenure. But if the Colts don't win another game the rest of the season, if if Jeff Saturday at least in his eight games here in Indy is able to get the most out of offensive line, unlock Quentin Nelson, kind of get Ryan Kelly back to his 2021 season, and Brady Smith as well. If you were able just to do that and nothing else, I think it's a huge win for the Colts because we've talked about it. They put so much money in this offensive line. This season was ruined by the offensive line or, or really lack thereof because you can't even say they had an offensive line with how bad they've been playing. It's it's like no one was blocking or pass blocking whatsoever. So that's if that's the one area Jeff Satter is able to improve, nothing else, that's a major win. now going forward here, whether it's, it's passing or running the ball, assuming the Colts have a young quarterback next year in the draft, you have to have them protected. You cannot have them be like Andrew Luck and just take 4 million hits a game. So If you are able to kind of get an offensive line – uh, that's consistent. Major, major, major win, George. And at least for Sunday, again, the competition is bad. So I'm holding out um, judgment at least for the next few weeks. But so far, so good when it comes to the offensive line and improving and kind of getting back to the old offensive line that the Colts used to have. That was actually good.
1: Oh, And I've been killing the offensive line all year. And so I'm going to stand up today and give them their flowers because they absolutely earned it. Uh, I think Braden Smith in particular, he had a tough matchup over there with Max Crosby. He had a really good day today, got hurt, came back in, played through it. Uh, I think he did a really, really good job. I think from what I saw, again, you know, I don't see the all 22 yet, uh, but I, I thought that Bernard Raymond did a pretty good job over on the left side today as well. Ah, uh, the rookie who they I know they're looking for big things for. Uh, that big run came I, I thought uh, watching it live between him and and Quentin Nelson. So, um, you know, a, a huge step forward for this offensive line in general, um, and, and they needed it. I, I think it's one of the things that we've been talking about. They were kind of stuck in a, in a circle of of, of negativity. You know, I, I think it just every everywhere they turned. Uh, they didn't have anything to grasp onto. They, they didn't have that one game they could go back to. And I, I go back to 2018 and that turnaround year when the Colts were one and five uh, and, and they played a bad Buffalo team. And it was a very similar to this. It, it, the, the win was like 37 to five, really weird score. Uh, but they absolutely blew the bills out. They ran for like 220 yards. And then next week, ironically, they went out to Oakland and beat the Raiders mm-hmm. and ran for 200 and some yards. I think that was the, one of the days we learned how good Shaq Leonard was at knocking the ball out, and he saved that yeah. one uh, by, by force internal. But that started that whole nine and one run. So I'm not saying that's what's happening now, but sometimes this game, you know, that, that doesn't matter uh, against a bad team can turn into something. Um, I do look at the rest of the schedule, and I would say outside of the Eagles and the Cowboys, the other six games, or I guess five games at this point remaining, to me, are coin flip kind of games? They're winnable games. Not that Dallas and, and Philadelphia aren't winnable. It's the NFL, uh, but I think those are games that you would mark down as a loss on on the schedule. The other five, I think the Colts have every every reason uh, to think they've got as good a chance as the other guys.
0: I are mean, you not wrong? And that's kind of it's a little maddening about this team. Is just like it's not they're not losing games because the schedule. They're losing games a lot, you know, because they beat themselves and they're lo- they lost a lot of games up to this point because they couldn't block anyone and establish a run and. Look, I think we're—I would like to say we're pretty fair podcast, George. We don't really have grudges, or we don't kind of either praise players or coaches that don't deserve it, or vice versa. You know, you know, uh, criticize players, coaches that maybe you know being overly critical. But the offensive line deserved every piece of criticism their way, and to their credit, today they deserve a lot of the praise. And the thing I like to see the, the most, George, and again, when you talk about a turnaround for this season, it's not like get too crazy. But to your point, like it's a very winnable schedule down the stretch, and if a turnaround is going to happen. It's going to start in the trenches with those five guys having a similar performance like that on Sunday. And the encouraging part is is that when we talk about the Jacksonville game, right? up till today, that Jacksonville Jaguars game, week six, was, was the best game the offensive line has played because they, they threw the ball 58 times and did not surrender a sack to Matt Ryan. But when you look at how they ran the ball, like they were able to pass block well, they couldn't run the ball well. In that game against the Jaguars, 45 yards, they averaged 2.8 yards per carry. So, again, they, to their credit, they pass blocked really well. But they couldn't run the ball to save the their life. This is the first game where Matt Ryan was upright, one sack allowed, and it came late, you know, in the in the second half. So he was clean for most of the game, and you ran the ball for over two hundred yards. So you're able to do both really, really well at the same time. Something they have not done at all this season. We talk about the Colts playing complementary uh, complimentary football, where the offense plays good, the defense, you know, plays good at the same time. We have not seen that this season. We've not seen it from the offensive line being able to pass block and run block. And to their credit, today was the first time, or Sunday was able to the first time they actually were able to do both phases really well, and they deserve a lot of credit for that.
1: 100%. I I think the biggest thing from this game for me, Jonathan Taylor's healthy. You didn't know that most yeah. of the year. You weren't quite sure. Is that burst there? Is, is he the same guy? You watch that 66-yard run. Jonathan Taylor's healthy, and that's a big step, too. If this line can give him a seam uh, and, and he's got his burst back, it's a totally different offense. Now, again, I'm not going to take too much out of one week uh, because we've seen it again and again this year. Every week's its own season, and next week could be a completely different look than, than this week, uh, but this is what it was supposed to look like. What they did today with the defense making big plays to get a stop down the end, the offense consistently moving the football, running the ball, getting plays in the passing game when they needed it, that was the blueprint you know, back in August that they thought they were going to follow. Now the question is, how many times will we see it over the last seven weeks of the season?
0: Right. And that's obviously consistency for this Colts has been by far the biggest issue all season long. And you hope, like, again, that starts with the offensive line playing better football and they'll get a a great test next Sunday when the Eagles do come to town for sure. But also, too, it's interesting because you had this offensive line playing really well and another offensive line change. Now, not that Ryman hasn't played left tackle, but it's been in and out, and Dennis Kelly's been the one starting most, you know, at least in the recent. A few games at left tackle. You had Bernard Raymond uh, now being the starter left tackle. And you had Will Fries replace Matt Pryor at right guard. And to Will's credit, he's gotten a few opportunities. He's of up and down, but he looked pretty solid, looked pretty well uh, so far for the Colts. And you know what I like too, George? A few times, spring without the game, I like how they brought in Danny Payne for a sixth offensive lineman. Like, it's probably should have done a lot earlier this season with how bad they've been struggling, but it's nice to see a little creativity from a former offensive lineman to kind of, you know, get the Colts in some favorable looks.
1: Pinner did that some early in the year., uh, but I think it was kind of when they started mixing stuff up, not early in the year, early after he came out uh, after he first stopped being the right guard, but they've they've had some different guys coming in there, and I think it's been tough uh, to to find that guy throughout the year, But I think now that he's kind of settled in as the sixth offensive lineman, it's it's easier to do it. Uh, and I think it's definitely something that could help moving forward. I mean, we'll see what goes. Uh, where that goes. I thought Jordan Wilkins came in and ran the ball well a couple times to to give Jonathan Taylor a little bit of a breather. And hey, Zach Moss got his first career <laughs> carries in Indianapolis Colts. So um, you know, I think those are that's something that's gonna be important moving forward too, though. I mean, we, we talk about Taylor being back and looking like himself, and he's obviously gonna be the workhorse. If this offense obviously is gonna go as far as he can carry it. Uh, but I think when you have a guy like Jordan Wilkins, now that Naheem Hines is in Buffalo. Uh, you've got a guy like Jordan Wilkins who can come in and give him that breather. Does he get that 66 yard run as late in the game as he did? If the Jordan Wilkins doesn't take a couple you know, snaps off of his back earlier. I don't know. I just think it's something that's, that's a little more important. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward as well.
0: And it's funny. We talked about, you know, when Sam Enger was a quarterback for, for two games, kind of design runs and kind of having a quarterback that's mobile. I mean, we haven't mentioned the, the best run of the day, George, forget Jonathan Taylor's 66 yard run. Oh, and Matty Ice, Turn back Can we even say turn about the clock? It's like he used to run before. He, no. he, he did something we'd ever see before, a 39-yard run. And my favorite part, about you, George, is when he could have easily ran out of bounds. It would be about, I think, by that point, 25-yard run. Cuts it inside, but everyone thinks he's going to run out for an extra 10, 15 yards. Uh, that, that, that rest, maybe the last few weeks, kind of got his legs energized, and boy, he looked fleet of foot.
1: That was an Andrew Luck move, that that cut back in. I remember that was- doing that all the time. Uh, I don't know. He was, he was turning to Lamar Jackson for one play there, but um, more zone reads
0: now. I think that's the, that's the answer, right?
1: Clearly that's the answer, you know, more, <laughs> more, more called quarterback runs here. He's going to be the next Justin Fields. We had he a, rushing only a touchdown too. He was only like 101 yards short of fields today. Give him a couple more carries. <laughs> he's got a shot. Who knows? Um, no, I mean, it, it, that's the kind of thing though, that you talk about wanting Ellinger in there cause he can hurt a guy, you know, hurt a defense with his legs. Matt Ryan says, Hey, I I can do that from time to time too, if they're going to give it to me like that. So, um, I don't know. It's just one of those days where everything was firing. All cylinders were firing for the offense. And again, to me, the most notable thing is they were able to overcome some things. And I think it goes back to the fact that the offensive line was playing like it, it was expected to play. It was being the Colts offensive line. Everybody thought it would be today. And so the missed field goal didn't kill you and the lost fumble didn't kill you. Um, I, that's going to be one of the keys of consistency moving forward is, is can this line continue to block this way? And can Jonathan Taylor get hot? We've seen him have some crazy stretches in his career. If this is a start of one of his, you know, 1,000 yards over a six or seven game span, that'd be a good thing for this football team.
0: Absolutely. For sure. And Jonathan Taylor, could run the ball. Matt Ryan, look good running the ball. Look, one guy who looked good running the ball. It's not going to go down in the stat sheet, but I think maybe, maybe impress some eyes. Quinn Nelson, George, I get you had to blow the a plastic complete, but that when he picks up the ball and starts running, I think we got a stiff arm in there, a little shake. He lowers his, his head in his in his pad level to run over another. I think it was better to outrun defensive lineman. That's a guy, George. I mean, by the goal line, if you can't get Matt Ryan in there or, or maybe the Colts are still going to pound it in. we got to start looking at Quentin Nelson. Forget a left guard. Put him at fullback. Let's get this guy some, some some run here.
1: He almost had one career touch. I remember the cake stand celebration, but the, the, the play <laughs> got called
0: back. Best celebration th- we've seen.
1: I thought that was a heady play by him, though, too, because obviously the whole thing got pl- blown dead and it's an incomplete pass. But if he just falls on that, it's a safety. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's a pretty damaging thing. The Raiders got a little momentum and they're going to come back here and, you know, who knows how things go. He understood. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to at least get it out of the end zone. They're not going to score on this play. Um, that's a big big, smart play by him. It doesn't count. Like you said, but uh, I'm still, look, my big guy, Carrie, I'm still waiting <laughs> for, for Grover Stewart. I'm going to start tweeting out the head That's coaches true. on Twitter. I'm going to start tweeting at Jeff Saturday, see <laughs> if we can get a Grover Stewart touchdown here. Come on, man. Big man TD
0: there. Yeah. Honestly, I have a big Q and Grover Stewart in the back, but at the same time a like, yes. little like wing T formation and I formation, like I said, both I think are, are deserving it. And Quentin Nelson looked fleet of foot. He he looked like he—I don't know if it's in practice man. they're doing it—but he did not look uncomfortable with the football in his hand. <laughs>
1: that that, that stiff arm was legit. Oh, I mean, so he put that stiff close. arm out there. He did the Heisman pose on that play. So <laughs> <laughs> nice was to have impressive. a game where you can have fun like this afterwards, though. All your long, true. Really have not had that chance.
0: Anytime we've been laughing on this pod, George, it's mostly laughing to to prevent the tears from flowing after some of these bad performances and ugly losses. That's for sure. Let's finish up, at least with this, George, because you mentioned the adversity part. And that's, again, something that we've seen at times for the Colts because they put themselves in unadvantageous situations all season long. What I'm interested to see going forward here, and I think we'll really kind of tell what uh, Jeff Saturday's leadership abilities going forward here is, I wonder how much of Sunday was, hey, new coach, fresh life. You kind of mentioned like the, the players feeling responsibility for Frank Wright getting fired. I'm not saying Frank Wright is a bad coach, but I think they're, the Colts the last few weeks felt lifeless in part because it kind of just felt like one of those inevitabilities of, look, the offense not working. We have a quarterback who, who no one believes in in Sam Melinger. The offensive line can't block. We can't recall really anything. The head coach is a quarterback, and you kind of get easily sucked in the negativity, and you play lifeless. The Colts had a lot of life today, and part is Matt Ryan's return. In part, you know, you had some early success offensively for the first time this season. And I think when you have a new voice, fair or not, it just automatically injects some life. I'm very fascinated to see going forward here. And this is actually sustainable because you got you see a lot of teams always get that, you know, that mini jump when they, you have an in-season firing. It's going to be a, a real testament to Jeff Satter if he can kind of keep that going here in the next seven games. But it was evident early on that this team was able to overcome adversity in part because that constant negative cloud, well, it felt like it disappeared at least for one Sunday in Las Vegas.
1: Yep, you know, if nothing else, it worked for one week. We'll see how it goes moving forward. I hope the TV's ready. I hope the TV people are ready here. I mean, you've got an unbeaten Eagles team and an undefeated head coach on the other side. This is a big matchup. It's like Brady versus Manning back in the days. This is a huge game coming up next week.
0: Titans, undefeated versus undefeated. Oh, this is gonna be. This better be flexed like, the game of the week next week. You know, the Colts have been now probably going to be taking off some big primetime games, but you better put this one in the primetime. Colts' Eagles is going to be a must-watch for sure. When we were returning here, kind of wrap up the Blue Horseshoe game pods. Colts win 25-20. How about the defense, Georgia? We talked a lot about the offense and Jeff Saturday. Rifle, so those are the two big storylines in this game, but the defense did their job, and when they were relied on, absolutely came through in the clutch to win the game for the Colts. We'll give the Colts' defense their props in the Gus Bradley revenge game when the blue horseshoe pod does return.